Welcome to the Solent Shipping Podcast, your weekly shipping news and market recap, with your hosts, George Day and Andrea Iguera. So, welcome to the Solent Shipping Podcast. Uh, today is our fourth episode, yeah, isn't it? And yes. we're going to have the first two guests of our uh, our podcast so of course i'm with george hello george and with uh, elisa hi everyone and jessica so all right so i start with jessica and can you tell me what you're actually studying and why did you decide to undertake uh, this wonderful career in the shipping industry and i mean which were the major factors that have convinced you to do that um, so hi everyone, um, as I said before, my name is Jessica and uh, um, I am uh, currently a DAC cadet with the Italian Shipping Academy in Genoa. Um, I started this career because uh, both of my parents uh, were working on board, so um, I followed them. My mom was a hotel director and my dad was an engineer, so um, this brought me to this decision and uh, um, yeah that's pretty much why i chose this and i had different experience on board uh the most significant one was the last one i had um for about four months um on a cruise ship and um i experienced the covid during this first contract which was quite mm-hmm. tough but um i made it through that so that's quite I would say interesting. It was a good experience as a first contract. All right. So, yeah, I can understand you. I think it was a kind of tough situation where you were there in the worst period of the pandemic. And um, Elisa, uh, are you studying at the uh, Genoa Naval Academy? And is it your first year or the second year, this one? Uh, Hi, everyone, again. Uh, yes, I'm studying at the Academy of Genoa. Uh, actually, this uh, uh, is the second year. Uh, mm-hmm. September started the second year. Uh, and for the moment, we are stopped with the lessons um, because we are waiting for our um, second contract. Uh, I'm in the same class of Jessica, so we already did uh, both of us uh, the first contract. Uh, mm-hmm. Me in particular, was on cruise ship and I was stalked uh, due to the pandemic situation for about six months and we will see what will happen next. But um, how are you coping with you know all the challenges all the problems that you are facing uh, for the academic teaching because uh, of course you cannot practical uh, start your your teaching on board because you are online it's virtual lectures so how are you uh, substituting and changing your program, your scheduling academic lectures uh, to a more uh, oral and, uh, you know, virtual uh, teaching? Well, uh, for the moment we are at the, um, at the second year. So the first, uh, the first year we did was uh, mainly terroric. Um, we didn't have uh, so much practice and mm-hmm. 
the, we will have it in the future. So for the moment, doing uh, the lessons online due to this situation was uh, a problem, uh, but not um, as much as uh, you can imagine. And uh, the practical part, I hope we will do in the in the school. And uh, for the moment, uh, I cannot complain. <laughs> Mm -hmm. All right. So, George, do you have any question to ask to them? OK, so a question for both of you, but a question for you, obviously, separately to answer. Um, when you first kind of looked into the maritime industry and when you first made that decision to, you know, to choose your separate paths, um, how intimidated did you feel um, as, as a woman going into it? Did you feel like it was a, a male-based industry or did you feel that it was a very open industry that you felt you were comfortable to go into? Um, from my side, I can say that um, since uh, I was 12 years old, I was uh, very sure of my decision. And a lot of people, a lot of uh, officers, uh, they told me that uh, this is not um, what a woman should do in the life, but I was not uh, worried about it. I was really strict on my decision, and uh, for me, I really think that uh, if you want to do something, even if you're a woman or a man, in every kind of job, you can do it, no problems. You have to Good believe speech. Um, I agree with what Elisa just said, and I think that um, in the few past years, um, the maritime industry is a little bit open to women. So um, they're trying to um, put women um, into this um, industry. So I feel quite comfortable about this job right now. Excellent. Brilliant. Um, yeah, absolutely great. I think there's a long way to go, but I think you're you're absolutely right. There are there are changes being made. Um, we were talking, you know, before the starting of the episodes about the difference that you can find in the the disparity and diversity of gender in the uh, cruise industry compared to the tanker industry or the cargo industry. You know, so do you think that cruise industry accepts much more? Uh, the presence of women on board compared to the cargo industry, or is uh, more or less the same? Well, the um, passenger ships, uh, it's a little bit easier for women because you have different tasks to do. While on the tanker ship or other um, cargo ship in general, it's a little bit different because it's more manual. So obviously it's a little bit um, harder for women to make the career. And then uh, you're completely surrounded by guys. So sometimes women can feel a little bit uncomfortable about that. Uh, while on passenger ship, you have different Position, so there are a lot of more women, so um, you're a little bit comfortable. I agree with Jess. I mean, uh, also that on tanker ships or cargo ships in general, uh, maybe um, there are not enough space. There is not enough space for uh, for uh, women. Uh, uh, and so they don't have, for example, the cabin 
and that's why some of the companies they don't want uh, women and in passenger ships instead there are a lot of cabins there is a lot of space so there is also more um, possi- there are also more possibilities i don't know how to say that's crazy that's completely crazy george would you like to add something about that no i think what they just said um you know yeah, it was kind think, of clear yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, con- uh, cargo vessels and tankers uh, obviously don't uh, facilitate um, women on board necessarily, whereas uh, cruise lines have a much easier time facilitating uh, female uh, workers. Um, I have another question that is for both of you, and it's, do you think the shipping institutions such as the International Maritime Organization or the ILO, International Labour Organization, have not done enough to emphasize the crew chain challenges that are afflicting the shipping industry in the worst period of the pandemic? And shouldn't they have facilitated the whole industry to make it happen quicker than what they actually have done? Um- part uh, I can say that I don't think that uh, it was their problem I mean I was on board when it all happened and um, I don't know if you know but there is always a crew change there are always people sure waiting uh, to go on board the problem in this situation was um, the the fact that most of the countries they were closed there were no flights So basically, uh, even if uh, these uh, organizations, the IMO, the ILO, um, had some uh, uh, regulations about it, they couldn't do anything because it was uh, the governments that they were deciding uh, who could go out or not. Now, for example, in this situation, people they can go out from the country even if it's uh, even if we are in this situation and um, I guess that they understood what happened and uh, I was stuck in uh, on board so I, I really um, felt this that people couldn't come to replace us and we couldn't go home but also because of the flights because of uh, all amount of things that happened in uh, all together and we didn't we weren't ready i this is what i'm thinking mm-hmm. i totally agree with what elisa just said because um the problem was that the airports were closed so the old crew got stuck and in a certain way forced to stay longer than usual and uh, um, obviously no one was happy about that people were exhausted so i think that what uh, should have done before that is that countries should have uh, made some exceptions and should have been a little bit more flexible with some particular type of jobs such as the one we are doing right now like for seafarers obviously you have to take uh, in consideration that um airports must be open for them. Yeah, key, key status. Do, do you feel that, um, I mean, it's certainly in this situation, is it necessarily a good idea for 
for seafarers to be getting on uh, normal commercial flights all the time. I mean, this has obviously highlighted quite a significant issue with the idea of seafarers getting on, you know, everyday commercial flights. I mean, it's very expensive for a ship owner to them or uh, anyone, a ship operator, whoever, to um, to hire a private aircraft to, you know, to bring all the seafarers back. That's a difficult one, especially if they're going to different locations. Um, but there obviously needs to be a solution that doesn't necessarily completely rely on a day-to-day -day, uh, transfer of normal people, whether that's um, contracts with airlines for slotted seats, um, no matter what sort of thing or whatever, I don't know. But there is obviously an issue that's been highlighted by this with seafarer repatriation. Mm -hmm. yeah. I perfectly agree with you, George. Um, Jessica, yesterday I was looking at your curriculum and I've seen that you have attended for almost two weeks the Guangzhou Maritime University and you actually visited different departments of the campus um, by ranging from the navigation to I think the logistics uh, um, department and other departments that I don't remember right now. Did you find any differences in the teaching method, uh, method compared to the Italian one or the European one? Um, yes, I did went to Guangzhou for more than two weeks actually, and uh, uh, no, I didn't find any difference. The only thing is that um, it's university back in China, so um, they study a little bit harder than what we do because they do study more uh, more the theory and then they do the practice. Uh, but here in Italy, it's a little bit different. You do both at the same. Time. For them, it's first you take the degree and then you go on board. And I think it's a little bit wrong because um, you have to do both things um, at the same time. So you study the theory and then you go to see the theory, you go to practice so you can remember things a little bit better. Um, the only difference is just this one is that they study first and then they go on board. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is a question for both of you. Um, how do you see the future of shipping regarding, you know, the women presence topic? You know, do you think it's going to be better for all the women that want to to pursue these wonderful careers or it's going to be tough as we have always, you know, uh, faced until now? I personally think that it will be better. Um, a lot of Women now are on board. Uh, I also saw on board that we were in two girls and uh, I'm seeing a lot of uh, really new entries. Uh, I also saw some captains uh, that are uh, women and I don't think it's tough. I mean, if you want to think that it's tough, it's tough. If not, you just can do it. Um, <laughs> no, it's true, uh, and I think also companies of cruise ships, they are um, they're really going forward to uh, introduce uh, more uh, women. Yeah, you said us before uh, before we we were starting the episode that uh, there are some uh, passenger ships company that um, are making uh, these new uh, policies about uh, women and their gender diversity that I completely agree with them and uh, especially the passenger ships. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think in the next year we are going to see always less disparity between these uh, the two genders. Um, 
I don't know. I hope it's going to change a little bit. What do you think about that, George? I think that um, definitely in the long term, we'll see a significant change. I don't know whether the coronavirus uh, is going to cause any issues in terms of the short term in the next year or so. I think the biggest thing as well, generally all around, is uh, actually attracting people in general, whether that be uh, women or or, or men, uh, in terms of cadets mm-hmm. or whatever. I think it's important that we're, there's still an effort made to attract people into the, into the industry, and it's not just assumed that people want to join. Um, that's a major issue. If you don't advertise the fact that it is a good career, people won't people won't come, and you won't attract the best talent. So, I think. Yes, there will be in in the future a significant change in the disparity between. I think we're going to get a lot closer in terms of numbers. All right. So I think it's enough to, for this episode. So thank you very much for your presence, uh, Lisa and Jessica. And I hope you you are going to have a beautiful uh, weekend. And uh, thank you very much, George, for your presence as well. So see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you.